to Progressive Opinions of Color, a podcast that seeks to create space for people of color and conversations about economics and politics. I'm your host, Nancy Wu, and today I have John Montgomery back again. If you haven't listened to John's earlier episode on working as a black psychiatrist or psychologist and working in mental health and COVID and all of the stuff that's happening in politics, be sure to check that out. And today we are going to talk about Biden's win, what that means for the U.S., what it means for patriotism, just our sentiments around it all. So that being said, let's just jump right into the episode. Be sure to share and rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use. And let's get started. Hi, what's up? Hello, my friend. How oh, are you? Good. I'm good. That's what I'm doing. What are you doing? Drinking? Oh, my God. Absolutely. I figure this is the perfect time to celebrate. Yes. Wait, I should get a drink. I mean, uh, it's like also 10 a.m. over here, but I have, and I'm supposed to drive, but I have a monster. <laughs> okay, that counts as a, a drink, I think. Cheers. Cheers to the America being less racist than it was seven days ago, maybe. I think America's still going to be equally racist, but cheers to hope. <laughs> you know, maybe cheers to things being slightly less overtly. No, it's all still going to be very fucked up, but cheers <laughs> to feeling like it's going to be a little bit better. Cheers to feeling like it, yes. <laughs> but how do you feel now? I still feel good. Oh my gosh. Like having that change in politics really lifted a bigger weight off my chest than I thought. It's just like we spent the past four years where we couldn't even turn on the the TV or watch the news or like listen or like read anything about the president without just like feeling like what the fuck is the sense of like reality is not like like questioning reality just kind of went away for a bit. And I just have hope. And it's not like it doesn't really mean anything because, of course, like shit needs to change more. But just having that hope and like, okay, democracy is not going to fail us and it hasn't failed us. And that means a lot as an immigrant, too, from like a communist ass, like dictatorship or whatever, like for my parents, too. It means a lot. So it's like it was actually a very emotional and like nice time. And it still is. It's been lasting. You know, I felt that same way. Like I felt a lot of hope but I did like have to stop myself and like tell myself like this is only the beginning like it's still gonna be fucked up but like I couldn't help but like watch Joe Biden's like speech and it was like the most basic shit that like the leader should say like you should all wear masks and that made me feel so good (laughs) Like, (laughs) like the bar is on the floor but like I just felt very hopeful about like leadership in that way. And then like the energy shift like around the area was there because I, um, me and my sister, I went to hang out with my sister on Sunday to help her with like college applications and all of that stuff. So I like try to spend time with her every Sunday. And uh, it just so happened that was the day that um, the election was called. And so my sister was just like, I can't even like focus right now. Like I'm so excited. And I was like, okay, well let's go chill. So we ended up like going downtown to meet up with someone. But like in the middle of that, we like ran into like this big parade in front of this Trump tower of like people celebrating Joe Biden. And like 
that was my for my first my sister's first time like seeing activism up front and she's just like been in this like it was a generational thing right because she's at home by herself as a 17 year old and she's stuck with my parents and so she always feels like she's in this political fight against them and so like obviously she can't like share like politics like with happiness and enthusiasm with them as much as she liked to she went to like this like celebration and she like loved it like she just talked about how she's going to remember this forever and how she felt like an energy shift and like the COVID like sadness and everything went away for a moment in time and like she just like had the best time just like celebrating and I like got her to stick up her middle finger in front of the Trump Tower like a, uh-huh. a, and that was her first time doing that so that was a fun little thing for her oh that's so cute well apparently in New York there was like celebrations in like Washington Square Park and Times Square but I didn't go that area like I celebrated with my friend Sonia in her apartment and we just had so much Prosecco and it was so early and we just felt like great. And we walked outside and we walked across the Brooklyn Bridge to meet up with my friend Nicole, who's also in an episode. Check that out. (laughs) It was so nice. Like that whole day was so positive. The energy shift is real. Like I've never felt people in New York around me seem happy and like people were smiling at each other on the streets. You know, shit is like weird when that happens in New York. And then we went to like other friends' roofs. That's like when we were in the UK and that was like in the midst of the elections. And you remember, do you remember coming back home to visit and just like feeling the sadness just like on the street? It's nice. It was really the first good news of all of 2020. And like, it was nice to open Instagram and see like memes that were happy and not like just talking about how the world is. I mean, the world is so fucked up. But it was like, we haven't seen any positivity in a long time. And I'm like, I shit on people who are like, oh, yeah, let's be positive. Like, even though nothing's going to change and and all that shit is still real. But like, it was still nice to have a bit of positivity. I actually was like so annoyed by that. Like a lot of people were like, wow, why why celebrate? Like nothing's going to change. And I'm like, like, I get it, but it's like a big deal. Like Kamala Harris is vice president and like. At the end of the day, Trump is out of here. Like, I don't care about anything else. Like, I understand that we're still going to be in, like, bad shape. Of course, like, our education system still going to be shit. Healthcare still shit for now. And none of this is changing. Okay, we'll work on that later. But right now, like, our number one issue was this guy in office, like, Let's celebrate the fact that he's out of here and we should like be able to hold space for big wins like that. Mm-hmm. It is a big win that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden won. Um, but at the same time, I like found myself feeling discouraged because, you know, like in the beginning, it was like Joe Biden got the most votes out of any like candidate in history. But then it was just like Trump is like, in second place, you know? So, like, still 73 million people voted for this guy. So, like, that was scary. But then I was also thinking about the fact that, like, just so many more people did vote this year. So things like, you know, like, more people of color have voted for Trump this year than ever. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? 
But it's also because like that sounds like, you know, natural natural progress if you have more people voting, right? That really gave me hope because 2016 went to shit because people just didn't show up to vote. And our generation has always been known to be lazy pieces of shit who would talk about shit on the internet, but not actually play it out in their actions. And I wasn't having much hope for our generation, but I was really surprised to see that like, when you turn out to vote, democracy actually works and we can actually get rid of a president that's terrible. And that doesn't happen in many countries. And I take that for granted. And I was really proud of like how people mailed in their ballots and like voted and showed up. And I hope this is something that goes into the future with voting being more accessible with like mail-in ballots, even though it takes a few days to count, but like anything that makes it easier for people to show up. That's so true. I mean, like aside from the fact that, you know, the electoral college shit is like shit and it shouldn't be a thing. And it like completely takes away from any idea of democracy. Like, just seeing like how much changed in the election just because simply because like more people came out this year, like there was a lot of talk about, you know, us needing to appeal more to Republicans and appeal more to, to these people and everything like that. But like, if you can like motivate your actual supporters to come out without like selling out and sticking to your values, like, their strength in numbers. Like if you can get the numbers, then like something is possible. Um, and then like we see that in like Georgia, right? Like with Stacey Abrams' whole campaign of getting more people in Georgia uh, registered to vote and like the effect that had on Georgia turning blue for the first time since like 1992, which is like huge. But I'm still like struggling with with like, because we still don't live in a democracy to this day, like until like the electoral college college is gone. And then like we why don't we have like ranked choice voting, you know, like a it makes no sense that like you can't win. You can win the popular vote and still lose. Right. Like that's not democracy within itself. But then at the same time as well, the fact that in our system, we don't need a majority to be elected like. No wonder, like, so many people are unsatisfied with who's presidents because, like, the majority of people don't vote for them, you know? So, like, if there was more of a rank-style voting where each person who votes picks maybe, like, their top three and, like, they go through that process of ranking them to see who gets, you know, majority vote in the end, that'll be, like, much more democratic, in my opinion, because, like, this is just complete shit. And I'm still waiting for like these conversations to be considered in the mainstream more. And just like, unless we actually make these changes happen, we're still going to end up in the same shitty political system. Like I'm ready for a complete change in the structure. And we have not talked about these things yet. Like we know these things exist. We talk about the problems, but I'm like, where's the push? Where's the push for the structural change? We need to reform the electoral college. And that has like, and with ranked choice voting, we would get like more candidates than just like the two. And that would incentivize more parties too and actually lead to structural change because then we would have more ideas that could come on to yeah. the mainstream without having to like change themselves or like appease the other side. Yeah, yeah the two-party system in the electoral college are both so old school like i hope that our generation is the one that can actually change some shit and like push for structural changes but 
who knows? There's so much things fucked up with our democracy still. It's like, where do you even start to break things down? Because like the complete system, like its foundation was rooted in like something that was not included for everybody. So like, I don't know. It's just like, where do you even start with this? You know? Yeah. Isaac and I were talking on the last episode about how like, it'd be nice to just start from scratch. Like the way that people in the UK was like, fuck the monarchy. And they went to the U S and colonized this shit, but like turned it into their own constitution. I mean, we should just like colonize ourselves and take our country back and like, just rewrite everything. But not now, because I feel like some of the boomers need to go away first before we do that. Like maybe when Gen Z grows up and get rid of everybody in Miami and then we'll start the change from there. Yeah, I'm not ready for like any big changes until like the population changes a bit. So there is something that I've been thinking about. And it was like, there are a few things about Joe Biden that I'm like, okay, maybe... I'm not going to say that I was necessarily wrong about him, but I like see some appeal because I don't think Bernie Sanders would have done as good of a job as I would have hoped for, like seeing how close this election actually was in the beginning. And so it's making me think like, yeah, we actually do need like this middleman to like bridge this gap between Republicans, Democrats, before like anything drastic happens, you know, because so much damage has really been done from Donald Trump. Like the same people who voted for Obama, like a lot of them voted for Trump again. I understand like how we need like somebody who could unify both sides. But I was also thinking about like, there's a huge disconnect between like Republicans and Democrats like we don't understand each other at all like I was reading this article that said you know Democrats think Republicans are more extreme than they really are and we're like Republicans think the same thing about Democrats right and it's like rooted in the fact that like we don't engage with the opposite we just like tune them out like I know like I don't hang out with any like Republican people and I probably never will but also like my like timeline are full of like people who share like similar views as mine and like if I see a Trump supporter on my timeline I'm probably like gonna unfollow them because I don't want to see that stuff but it's like we don't really interact with each other which means we don't understand them and like I like Joe Biden because Well, I don't like Joe Biden, first of all. (laughs) I I see hope in Joe Biden because I do see him as being able to, like, do some sort of unifying. Not saying it's going to be, like, perfect. But I look at, like, the polls that say, you know, most Americans are in favor of things like increasing the minimum wage and abolishing the electoral college, Medicare for all, abortions, you know, pay maternity leave. These are like things that majority of Americans want, you know? And so like, if we could get a leader who unified like both parties while like, you know, both parties within themselves are so drastically different between like the Republicans and the Tea Party and then like conservatives and liberals, like this two party system is shit, but like we need to unify the people in general, like all parties aside. And so, like, Joe Biden does give me a little bit of hope. And I've, like, 
I've actually been like in support of Kamala Harris for a while. And I know like she got a lot of shit in the beginning of like her presidential run, but like seeing like the attitude for Kamala Harris shift over time as well. Like in general, they just give me so much hope about trying to make a difference. So like, I feel good personally. Hard to engage with Trump supporters. It's hard, especially when social media like Facebook algorithms makes you, it makes it impossible to engage with or see like other thoughts and you're just in your own echo chamber. But that's why I think like changes from there, like more education, people having conversations across each other, having a president who people can actually turn on the news and like watch. I'm so happy that Kamala Harris is there. Like when she was talking, I was like, teary-eyed it was just like so much hope that it's like it hasn't sunk in yet we have a freaking woman and like a minority woman in as a vice president that's so big and like that's still a lot i don't know yeah her speech was beautiful and i'm I'm just like stuck like every time i hear madam vice president i'm like i've never heard this a day in my life what right no their conversations about like what to call her husband and stuff like that like a second gentleman what is that i'm like this is wild right that this is actually happening that's amazing it makes me so happy and people were like oh you know she says like every little girl can look at this and it's like not every little girl you have to be highly educated or whatever and like have all these privileges that kamala harris did and it's like yeah on one hand but i think it would have made a huge difference to me growing up if i saw a woman as a politician like I never thought about politics I just only saw like Bush and Gore and like Clinton and shit I was like yeah that's not for me and just changing the minds of the next generation is all we can do right now to change the country and I think the kids who grew up under Obama like the Gen Z's nowadays they're so awesome and the kids who are growing up under like Kamala Harris and Joe Biden that's going to make a big change to like how people grow up and what their motivations are. And hopefully we can get more diverse people who now, like maybe they're three, but like in 30 years, they want to run for office and just change it slowly from there, like changing the population first and then like getting into the, the details of this systemic changes. Cause it's hard to overthrow a system overnight, but if we slowly migrate, like more diverse people into politics, then maybe we can start doing that. Also, on another related note, I like the fact that like Joe Biden is the first president that didn't go to an Ivy League or something like that. And of course, Kamala Harris went to an HBCU. So that's like a drastic change from what we've gotten so far. That's true. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's very new. Yep. Yeah. You said that your sister can't talk to your parents about politics or celebrate in the same way. Like, what are your are your parents like Trump supporters or like what do you what did you mean by that like what are their political views? <laughs> Black Trump supporters, oh god! There's so many though. Wait, are they? <laughs> you know, to be fair, he has increased in like Black men in particular. Black women ain't taking that shit, but I definitely like have family members who talk about voting for Trump. What? I think it's like, it's out of sheer ignorance, of course. I feel like anybody who votes for Trump votes out of sheer ignorance. But like, so like Black people are obviously like, we already have like this negative view of the media and of politics and like the role they've played in like 
you know, Black folks' lives. So we're already like anti this and anti-establishment. And so I think a lot of Black folks fall into that propaganda of what the media shows about like Trump giving money and shit to HBCUs like he gives a shit. I think a lot of people fall into like this idea that um, Trump is going to like help them financially and help the economy. And it's just like, you're not even in the tax bracket of like the people that Trump are like making these like laws for. And so I think there's that. And I think that there's a lot of like, I think a lot of black people are just like naturally conservative and like we fail to like remember that like just because like we're like such an oppressed group of people but it's like aside from you know like the social economics of like that situation like black people are hella religious we come from like the south we still have a lot of like conservative views but like we're black. So like they automatically assume that like, we're going to be Democrat, but I do like believe that like a lot of people who voted for like Trump did. So just because like, they just don't really follow politics or anything like that. And they also just don't feel like voting is like really that important. But like, at the same time, I do feel like there's the larger issue of a lot of people with conservative views not wanting to vote for Democrats as well. Conservative values are very powerful in the U.S. Trump says that he's like helped like Black lives and I'm like how? (laughs) (laughs) And I blame the media for that. Like this gets into like the conversation of like legitimizing certain like conversations that shouldn't be legitimized. Like if Trump goes on television and he like, if he goes on television and like debates racism being real right like that's legitimizing it versus saying actually no racism is real and like next topic like I'm gonna ask you a very direct question like race is impacting the police force x y and z blah 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 I'm gonna frame the question in a way that doesn't make it a well is this actually a real thing or not whatever the situation may be and so like if you like are giving attention to like these viewpoints that are just complete bullshit. You're going to get like ignorant people who like haven't like done their research, believe this stuff. And so I feel like that's the general case for like Trump, because like, look at how many religious people in general follow Trump. And it's like, Trump is not religious. Trump probably has not like read one chapter in the Bible, you know? He doesn't know any of the books of the Bible. Like the Trump doesn't give a shit about the military, but like all of these quote unquote patriots love Trump. And it's just like, you, like the evidence is right there and you're choosing to ignore it. Like y'all are so, so like a ignorant, but like brainwashed, like this is literal brainwashing. Like none of it makes sense at all. It's completely contradictory. Like, we should not have legitimized Trump this much. They've been brainwashed to just not trust the news, not trust anything, think that everything is fake. How do you even reverse that? Like when you lose like people's trust in mm-hmm. the news and in facts and in data, when people don't believe like the numbers about COVID cases, when people like there's people who think COVID is a conspiracy still. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand like how you change those people's minds. 
it blows my mind how ignorant America is. It is like no country I have seen. <laughs> yeah. Like we are the jokes and deservedly so. But I feel like in the end, the start starts with like having a leader who takes this shit seriously because like if they're going to be like ignorant people who are not going to do their research and do the work for themselves, the least you can do is watch like what kinds of stuff you put out in the media and like what like you choose to enforce and like the message you want to put out to people at least. It's hard to take COVID seriously when your president isn't taken seriously. (laughs) So maybe a president who takes all the issues we face more seriously will help. Damn, Trump has done like irreversible damage, I think, and just getting people to think like, hey, look, if you really look at it, all of the the major news channels like CNN and New York Times, like all those things that you used to follow as mainstream news, they all hate me and they all shit on me. So therefore, this is like fake and it's biased. Mm -hmm. And it's like you can't reverse that very easily in people's mindsets. And Trump just like used that. So it's like he literally could say anything he wanted just to get his way and people will believe him. Like he got away with everything. And that's scary. That is a lot of fucking power. Trump like changed the damn world with that one. Like he just revolutionized the way that we look at politics, qualifications, like the damn like role of the media, like even on both sides, like we're all extremely distrustful of the media now. He, like, brought all of these things to light. And now I hear, like, he's trying to start his own, like, news company or some shit like that. Could you imagine? Oh, God. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, what if he actually starts, like, a news channel and it's just, like, you know, the antith- the, the opposite of, like, everything he's getting from CNN and MSNBC is all going to be just, like, fake-ass lies and news about him. Like, can he actually do that? Like, are there rules that will allow him to, like, run these these lies on TV? And then that's also scary because, like, again, like, 73 million fucking people voted for him. They're absolutely going to tune into this Trump news thing if it's actually a real thing. And, like, whatever he says, they're just going to listen to. Like, we're fucked. It's scary because, like, even though we've gotten rid of him as president, we haven't really gotten rid of him. And we never will until he literally dies because he has so much influence over those people who voted for him. He has such a strong fan base. He has so much money and power to create his own news channel and say whatever the hell he wants. Like, he can literally get away with anything. And his power is still there. People who support him are still going to be there. And it's going to be hard to to unify even more. Yeah, I think the more I think about the election, the sadder I get. But like, last week was a really good week. <laughs> over now, it's like, all right, back to reality that it's still fucked. It just shows how much work there is still left to do. And I get pissed. Like, I was all for celebrating, but I get pissed at people who think that like the world is like saved now because it's like, no, like, yeah, we celebrated last week, but there is so much work left to do. And there is so much damage that Trump has caused that will continue to cause like, yeah, yeah like I mean, nothing has is over. <laughs> there's still like, who's going to be the leader of the Republican Party? It's still going to be Trump, right? He has like such a hold on Republicans, like even Republicans who are against him are like, 
you know, saying dumb shit and like saying quiet and just being in general, like complicit to this because like they need like Trump supporters to support them. So like Trump is still going to have so much power and influence over what happens next. I hope him like not conceding to the election will ruin his reputation among some like more open-minded Republicans. (laughs) But you would think that a lot of things he's done would have undermined his reputation, but they haven't. Like, it shows how delusional he was this whole time. The fact that, like, he doesn't admit that he lost. We literally had someone who was delusional for the past four years. We've only had, like, maybe two, like, Republicans come out to, like, admit that, like, Joe Biden is president. Like, it's really shitty. Like, Republicans aren't doing anything. They're scared. Ridiculous politics at all. It's like, uh, to what end? Like, what is this? Like, you are brought here to represent people and to like. I just feel like the world has gone to shit. Like at the end, (laughs) oh god, now the existential angst is starting. But like, it's just shit. Like, where are the morals? Where are the values? Like. What matters anymore? Nothing matters if it's not like a financial gain. Like, what is this? This isn't right. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's just like powered by money, and people who have money still have power. It's insane. People in politics are all super wealthy, too. They are not representative of everyday people. They have not experienced what their constituents go through. Like, besides AOC and like a handful of others who have actually like lived through blue collar life how many other politicians have or can actually relate to their constituents they're all just like ivy league people who have like narcissistic tendencies but actually and it's all a club like at the end of the day they're not affected the same way like the people they represent are affected and i was thinking about this a lot after rbg passed away and like they had like all of these conversations about like RBG being like friends with like other members of the Supreme Court who like have vastly different like viewpoints than her, right? And I'm just like, how is it possible for people who have, you know, like these vastly different viewpoints to like be friends? Like, how can a black person be friends with a racist? How can, you know, like a gay person be friends with a homophobe? It doesn't happen because why your values are not aligned. So like, I just like casually like read and like listen to these politicians talk and they talk about like going to lunch and being friends with like people with completely different viewpoints than them. And I'm like, oh, it makes sense. It's just a game to y'all. Like, this is a job. Like, y'all are not affected by this in the same way that we are. Like, this is a complete game. And, like, that's a huge problem. Like, we need more people like AOC, who truly should be our first female president. Hopefully, she'll be the second after Queen Kamala Harris. Yes. We need more, like, people like AOCs who are, like, the people. You are the people you serve. Not this fucking boys club of fucking rich people getting together and like monopolizing fucking power like ugh, existential angst <laughs> it's so true AOC like represents the people and she like she makes mistakes and she like admits to like saying like okay I like this comment I made was like I learned I learned now and she like 
is so honest and she like speaks to show her Instagram stories and her live videos. It's like keeps people motivated and like you can actually feel like she's there for you. Even though we're not in her district, it's like she has so much influence that I think that's great. I feel like I can't wait for politics for more politicians like that. It's just scary. I mean, even RVG was like so fucking like part of the elite club and like she wasn't that progressive she wasn't progressive at all she like was fairly conservative on like a lot of her votes and i think she got like this reputation of like an idol among progressives and liberals because of because she's old or whatever but like literally if she were our age like she would have gotten canceled a long time ago for some of the shit she did like she doesn't understand like anything about race besides like second wave feminist rights that are not intersexual at all she doesn't really understand that much shit and she just gets credit because she's like an old lady who like lifts weights like <laughs> like she did a lot like there's no downplaying that but like i also think it was so irresponsible her of her to not retire when obama was in office like this is the reason we our supreme court court is screwed up right now like Lady, you battled cancer and you still thought you had like eight more years left in you? Like, are you serious? This wouldn't have happened to us if that if you had just like stepped down during Obama and let him like appoint someone someone like so Sotomayor who's actually very, very progressive. Like, like why the hell were you there? It was kind of some power, kind of some kind of like power trip to you. Like I don't understand. Like, does she even like shows that she does not actually care or is not like connected in some way? And politicians at the end of the day are there to do their job are there for the power and it, yeah it is kind of like a game to them yeah the day rbg died they counseled her on twitter and they came up with a thread of like problematic viewpoints by her nice <laughs> let her breathe at all <laughs> like what the fuck why did she not retire when she had the damn chance like she screwed us and it's just like we had so much shit going wrong in 2020. Why did she have to die one month before an election? Like, that was a complete curveball in this storyline. And it's just like, the way that 2020 beat us down and threw so many curveballs at us, like, she didn't need to die that close before the damn election. I know. Rest in peace to her. She did a lot for women. But still. Yeah. It's insane. That's why the Joe Biden news was just so nice. Because, like, celebrating to political news, celebrating to any news in 2020 was such a rare moment. I was like, wow, when was the last time we celebrated because of something that happened to the country? Like, even before COVID, I was listening to, like, who was this? Oh, yeah, Dave Chappelle had this segment on SNL where he was like, do you guys remember what happened before COVID? There was a mass shooting every week. And, like, COVID, like, made the the murderous white dudes, like, stay inside so we didn't have as many school shootings. But, like, before COVID, it was like we went went through so many years of no good news. And it was nice to just enjoy that for a day. Like, that was the mental health, like, like happy move booster that we all need. That was, like, the molly that the whole country needed to take for a day. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, we're still feeling the residual effects of it a little bit. Now I'm just like, like... I still have so much work that I have to catch up on because like throughout the election week, mind you, it's been seven days since the election, but like that whole process, that whole week, I was not able to focus on anything at all. Like I was just glued to the TV. And like when I wasn't glued to to the TV, I was drinking like in anticipation of Joe Biden or Trump becoming president. Like I was really scared because Trump stood a very, very good chance at, like, winning re-election. And I've been preparing, like, 
for the past three years on a Trump re-election. So like I was very, very nervous about this election. So it was legit just like me and like two of my friends like getting together and like eating and drinking and like watching like the news. Like I did not have any time to do any work. So now I'm like trying to get caught up on everything. Yeah, same. That week was just like, couldn't be productive. Like, if you were able to be extremely productive during that week, like that was your idea, have really good coping strategies, or you're just so privileged, like it doesn't even impact you. Yeah. And like, yeah, when we FaceTimed that day, that night of the actual election day, I remember just going to bed, pretty sure that Trump was going to win. And just like, and I had like just developed so many ways to like try to cope with the worst news possible. And then so Saturday was really a surprise because I stopped looking at the news at all. And that was so nice. But I was fully like, not like emotionally ready, but trying to get myself like prepared for Trump to win. I was Because it was so close. He was leading on everything. That was not, yeah. that was not great. I was prepared to be intoxicated out of my mind, waiting for them to say Trump has another four years. I was already thinking about where I was going to move to next. <laughs> what my plan of action was because one again I will have fully given up on America and democracy and like any possibility like you deceived me too many times 2016 was the last time but 2020 would have been the last last time but like at the same time though it took so so long for them to call this race like sure we had like the mail-in ballots and like you had to like take time to call that but like At a certain point, I'm sure, like, they all knew that, like, Joe Biden won. Like, they all called it. I remember this. Like, all of the networks called it at, like, the same time. It made no sense. And I'm just like, what's taking you so long to call? Is it, like, because of, like, money and viewership that you just wanted to wait to, like, the very last minute to, like, say that Trump won because you knew people were going to tune in for as long as this was going for or what. But I feel like it should have been called, called like days in advance. Yeah. I feel like the timing was really strategic because it happened when everyone on the East coast was awake and everyone on the West coast was waking up. So the whole country was there for the news. Like they probably knew in the middle of the night, but like, what was the point of announcing it at 4am? But still, some people were up that time, just being anxious and refreshing Google. Like, mm-hmm. why you got to do that to us? Medically, <laughs> everything still to this day just feels so good. So I, I want this to go on for a little while longer. You know, Trump is going to pull some bullshit at some point before he leaves. But I still can't really breathe until January 20th or I think that's when inauguration is because I was looking up like what happens if Joe Biden dies? Like what happens when a president elect dies before he gets inaugurated? And in that case, not only do we have to all agree, like typically the VP is the one who you you nominate, but then everyone, all the electors have to like vote on that. And I'm like, how many electors are going to like change their mind when like if it's Kamala Harris? And I'm like, oh, shit. Like. Please let us get through two more months. Like, don't pull an RPG on us and die at a wrong time. Like, just live until you get inaugurated and then you can go away, whatever, because Kamala Harris is ready. (laughs) Like, why do you think Joe Biden is going to die two months before the. Because it's 2020 and you never know. And he's so old. No, I feel like 
2020 should just get rid of Trump. Like so far we're on a, we're ending 2020 on a good note. Like the universe is reviving itself from the dead. Democracy, well, you know, our false pretense of democracy is <laughs> And it's a big deal for like immigrants. Like my parents were really happy. They were like pretty amazed how America just made this turnaround from voting. Like, when I take some perspective and think about like what it's like to be in this country when you weren't born in this country or like when you could have grown up in some other country, it's pretty impressive how like not only can we just talk shit about our president on all our news, major news outlets, like not only did all the major out- news outlets just like shit on the president and we can get the people connected over that, like you get killed for doing that shit like yeah. in other countries, but we were able to do that and overthrow that and it's like and, like peacefully overthrow it like through voting and through democracy as many problems as there are and as much of a pretense as that is like I've never been so patriotic before. Like I feel proud to be an American and for the first time in so many years. And like, I mean, I got my citizenship like right before Obama's second term and I wasn't feeling it too much at that time, but I was pretty like proud. But then like when Trump went away, I don't think I cared about this country at all. And now it's back and it's like really nice. I'm like, wow, I've never been proud to be an American before. Like this is cool. You know, to that point, like I saw people like when I went downtown with my sister, I saw so many people waving the American flag. And like I had a conversation with my sister about this and I was like, this is actually the first time I like have not looked at the American flag and I felt like disgust. Like it looks like you're like raising this flag as a symbol of just like you know, hope and like democracy and just like, you know, it's like you're proud of your country in this moment. And I'm, I'm like, I don't think I've ever really felt this way before. Not, I mean, like, sure, we had Obama and like, that was high school. Like, that's when I first became like somewhat aware of politics. But, you know, I didn't like become radicalized into politics until like after that. And so like... Mm-hmm. Like the the American flag now in the the midst of like the Biden celebration felt like different than it's ever felt to me before. Yeah, like the past four years, the American flag was like anyone who proudly wore the American flag or hung it. I was like, you. I just assumed that was a proxy for like being a Trump supporter because how could you even look at or like hold that that flag with pride when everything that the flag represents was threatened. It did not symbolize our country. And now it's like, we got to take it back again. And my friend Sonia was saying how she wanted to wear red, white, and blue and like was actually proud to like wear those colors. And I'm like, that's so true. Like, it's, wow, what is patriotism? What is this feeling that we've never experienced before? And maybe that's the start of the change, right? Where people are starting to have different feelings about politics now. So Maybe this is the slowly but surely change that we're questioning whether or not it can happen. Yeah, I hope more people run for office. I definitely like was avoiding DC, but now I want to go back into DC or I'm open to going back to DC again. So tell me more about these plans. I've always wanted to get back into politics. Like I got into this podcast because I wanted it to be a, a stepping stone towards that. And I think like even maybe like local politics in New York City or national politics but like doing economics i think it'd be awesome especially because like i do think with the 
whole motivation behind this podcast, I really firmly stand by making economics more accessible. People don't understand economics. Politicians don't understand economics and it's super important. Like politicians are not able to calculate the fact that it is cheaper to shut down the economy for six weeks and give everyone stimulus checks to get through that six weeks than it is to keep doing this like fucking whatever bullshit we are trying to do do for, for COVID. And that's like, easy as that it's just taking these stupid ass concepts and theory and models and numbers from economists and turning it into sentences that like people can absorb and i think that's super important i also think that like women and people of color need to do it because like i'm tired of just white ass dudes and white ass people in politics and then like i don't know i just i feel motivated because i feel like i owe it to everyone that like i represent democrats graphically to step up and i want more people colored and women to step up too like into politics because why would we not like why dude who is much less qualified wants to go into politics and it's like why should i doubt myself at all you're such a badass friend i can't wait to see what you end up doing like you're gonna be so powerful i hope to do it for good and not for like it's like yeah oh there's people like beep doing it for narcissism and that's scary uh, did but, you see how many people voted for him so i do you remember beep. like maybe three or four years ago and he lost like by so much but like how the yeah. fuck did get that many people to vote for him that's what's terrifying it's very like fucking hitler-esque like the way that he like started slowly and then boom millions of people dead like, this happened with Trump. It's happening with... Beep. Yeah, I don't know how to beep out names. <laughs> he's a sociopath. Like, and he's so selfish. Like, he only cares about things that, like, align with his values and, like, his situation. And, like, he's painting this picture of him being something else. It's so scary. Like, they're all lying to us. I remember he was... Isaac's only memory of him was him, like, saying that affirmative action was bad or whatever because it like is bad for Asians politics because you want to be read and done your research and you know what like you need to say to get the liberal vote and that's scary that's manipulative that's what I see in the Trump campaign right now I feel like all of these like Republicans are just like they know they can't speak out against Trump because like they need those votes so they're either going to stay silent or like give him fake support because they are like even though they don't believe in the stuff that he's saying and what his supporters believe, they're just like manipulating the situation. Yeah, and Trump too. Like Trump doesn't even stand by conservative values, but he knows how to like preach to the conservative people to get them to vote for him. But he doesn't actually believe any of that. And that's just like, everyone's just being manipulated by politicians. <laughs> and this is why it's all a game to them. And this is why they can go to fucking lunch and be best friends with each other. We're all fucking games. This is a simulation. It is not real. It is all a video game. <laughs> I'm going to take another shot to that. Yes. Yes. I'm going to be so drunk. I have a paper to write after this. Oh, my God. Well, you'll get some, like, <laughs> alcohol energy for that. I write well when I'm drinking. Who said that? Write drunk, edit sober? supposedly Ernest Hemingway or something but probably not (laughs) (laughs) I know I probably saw it on Tumblr or something and they said Ernest Hemingway said it so I believed it 
Yeah, I definitely saw it on, on Tumblr, and it's like probably fake news because <laughs> that was back in the days when we didn't believe that news was fake. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> well planned. Yay! Thanks for talking with me and cheers. Cheers. Why the fuck are you drinking monsters? Since when do you drink monster? Ever since I got a job that makes me like I have to be very energetic for work, so. <laughs> Oh, God, I, I truly don't know how you do it. Like you have I don't to either. But then, like, you give yourself credit for it because you have to be on camera all the time. Like, does it give you anxiety to, like, like be on camera anymore? It's never given me anxiety in the first place. I've never had, like, anxiety for public speaking or presentations or, like, getting interviewed or even when I went to like the actual broadcast places to get filmed, I never felt anxious. I just felt like I know my shit. I'm going to say it. And I felt like awkward watching myself afterwards, but I don't know. I just, I don't have that like gene, I guess. Interesting. So you don't get nervous about like, what if this goes wrong or all of these people are going to be watching me? I don't care about that. I think it's because (laughs) I think it's because I'm, like, socially, like, not quite there. Like, when I'm talking to people, I'm thinking about, like, the content and, like, the numbers and what I'm presenting. I'm not thinking about who's there. Like, I can see, I can be talking in front of one person or, like, thousands of people, and it means nothing to me. It's, like, I don't care what people think of me. And I know, like, people will go, like, people will remember the knowledge, but they're not going to remember the person who was like speaking to them. Like, that's what I take away when I go to presentations. So I just assume that like anything that I do that's embarrassing, people are, are not going to remember. But like if the quality of the information is good, then they'll take that away and find it meaningful. And for me, I'm very confident in my knowledge of like my shit. So I know that like, I know my shit, I can speak about it. I can like, as long as I have that well and like prepared for that, then I don't really care what people I can't like what I can't control is people's perception of me but I can control what I know and that just like gets me through I'm quite grateful of that actually it's made my job so much easier and less stressful and I think that's the reason why like I am in this job because it isn't really a big deal for me and it's not super draining the hardest part is just to make sure that I'm really energetic and like peppy and that's why I take monsters no, that's, like, the most important part. That's, like, super impress- impressive that you just, like, have the, the the belief in your own ability and, like, you just know I'm competent so I can do that shit. So, like, all of the other, like, subjective, like, non-based in reality facts and shit don't really, like, impact your performance that much. So, like, that's super, super impressive. Yeah. So, I think I'm very confident in, like, my abilities and my knowledge and so that confidence like gets me through it but I'm not as confident in my social skills and the hardest part is just making sure that I seem like like not like Chris Brown level awkward when I'm talking to people <laughs> I never get as bad as Chris Brown <laughs> as often as you do give it like 10 years and maybe you will be well, okay. It was nice talking to you, my friend. Nice talking to you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to share on social media, get more friends to listen, and subscribe on any platform you use, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.